Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, Forgiven Podcast. We are glad that you are joining us. Uh, those of you who are regulars, hey, thanks for continually uh, being with us and supporting with us. And if you're new, uh, we have a treat for you today. Now, I'm here with my partner in crime, Logan. Yep, I'm here. Okay. And so and so, let's just get right into our session, which is here. What we, what we want to talk about and what our, our special guest that we have today, we are privileged to have him today. Yeah, this is a, like an actual special guest, not like a board member or something, you know, it's like, this is a big deal. So we would like to apologize to all our former guests who now feel inferior <laughs> uh, to, 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 uh, to that. Anyways, you know, I'm joking. yes. So um, one of the things that as a pastor I find is important to talk about, and many times I don't have the platform, other times it's just so busy. Is, is the importance of our understanding of Israel and the Israel nation and the Jewish people and the importance to our connection with the Jewish people and our importance to be praying for, continually praying for uh, the blessing of God to be upon Israel. And if we want to be selfish, uh, as we pray for Israel, that is good for us. Uh, but that's not kind of the focus. The, the idea is that I believe that God wants to put in every Christian a sincere desire and our and a sincere love for the Jewish people, and um, I find many times inadequate. I know that inadequate about that. Sometimes as I'm preaching about it, I, I've, I've left and I said, you know, I should have said that and, that, and this and and it's such a, a vast topic. And so just recently, we were able to have a first uh, century foundations. And so when so when we had Jeff and Sharon Futers, I kind of said, Jeff, you're going to have to come for a podcast because this is an important uh, topic for, for everyone in the church or everyone who is just listening. I, you know, we have people who are who are regular attenders of our church, but it's, it, this podcast goes way beyond that. And I'm hoping that we can be helping you in your, your walk. And and the hope is, is that today you will leave with a renewed knowledge and a renewed challenge and, and the ability to appreciate uh, ministry to the Jewish nation. And so we have uh, Jeff Futers. Now, Jeff and I are, are friends. Jeff and I went to Bible college together. And so never get a chance to connect that often because we're we're distance apart. But uh, Jeff and I have uh, always been friends over the years. And so I thought it was great that we were able to have him. He's traveling across Canada doing prayer meetings. And he is the president. Would you be called the president of First Century Foundation? President, the head, the head CEO, actually executive director chief cook and bottle washer, whatever you want to mm, say. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And he heads up First Century Foundations. Now, there are a number of people I know who watch their show. I believe it's on Daystar, is it not? And Vision, and yes, Vision. here in Canada. Yeah, and so for those of you who don't know and are more interested in First Century Foundations, you can watch their show regularly, and I, I yep. encourage you to do so. Now, we have a number of, uh, of ministries. As a, as a church, you wish that you could support hundreds of organizations we came to the conclusion that we we could only support so many and so when it came to the fact that we wanted to to choose the ministry to help support and, and emphasize uh jewish ministry in israel uh, we chose first century foundations and, and part of it was because uh i've known the organization for a long time and a lot of people in our fellowship are are those who who run and operate the organization and i know all of them are great people and so jeff it is great to have you and so what I thought I'd do is I would hand uh, the, our time over to you to explain who you are, what you do, and, 
and something, just some, some things to, to help us understand the Ministry of First Century Foundations. Well, thanks, Mike, and it's great to uh, to be here and to hang out with you. You know, yes. you mentioned we're friends, but we never we never see each other. Yeah. But uh, it's great to connect, and nice to meet you, Logan. Yes, very nice to meet you too. Good to be part of the uh, the podcast. Can I first say uh, kudos to you guys as a church for doing a podcast? I think this is absolutely amazing. Yeah. And you know, we've uh, we started a podcast podcast with First Century Foundations yep. back in 2020. COVID sort of required it at mm. that point when you're a charitable organization and you're sitting at home and can't leave your house. <laughs> yeah. you, you need a way to be able to Something. connect with people. And uh, so it's been it's been great for us. But uh, this is good. And I, I think that uh, even just sitting here talking to you guys, uh, we'll have you on our podcast. We'll we'll uh, sure. All right. We'll do something a little later on. Cross pollinization. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But listen, uh, First Century Foundations, uh, founded by Clyde and Marion Williamson back in the mid 1980s, and so we're going on 40 years here in a couple of years of ministry to the land of Israel. And it was birthed out of a heart to pray for Israel, to bless ministries in Israel, to connect with them and encourage them, and eventually equip them to do. Uh, the work that that uh, God has called them to do as as witnesses there in the land of Israel, and uh, Clyde, I've never met a man who has such a passion for the Jewish people and for revival, both here in Canada and in Israel and around the world. And so, um, you know, this is quite something for us, uh, my wife and I, Sharon, to be able to come and be involved in this ministry. We've been uh, connected now with it for about seven years. And um, in that time, Clyde and Marion have retired, and we now are, you know, sort of heading on into the future uh, with with this calling. And, and for me, it was an absolute calling. I want to just share a little bit about my own testimony because, you know, uh, Logan, before we came on, you were talking a little bit about your level of knowledge around all of yeah. this. I was a pastor for 20 years, a little more than 20 years probably, before God sort of lit this spark underneath me about the land of Israel. I went to Israel in, in 2006 for the first time, and it was on one of those uh, tours. Uh, my dad was someone who had been to Israel a number of times, and he had bugged me and bugged me and bugged me, like literally. And if he listens to this, he'll smile and laugh because he knows. But, uh, but he was after me to go to Israel, and I just kept saying, you know what, I, like I'm busy, I don't have time, I really, I just didn't have that, that urge yeah. or desire to, to go and, and be a part of this. I, I always had this idea. I'm, I believe in Jesus. I believe God is real. I believe the Bible is true. I don't need to go to Israel to sort of prove something to myself. Like that, yeah. that was my, my um, dumb attitude at that time, honestly. Because I finally got talked into going. It was my wife eventually who said, you know, listen, this, could, this might be the only time you get an opportunity to travel with your dad like this. Like if, if for no other reason, just do that, you know? Yeah. And so I, I, you know, I remember saying to her, like, not you too, you know, so, but, uh, and we were just finishing a building program. I was extremely busy at the church in, in Guelph at the time. And I thought, I just, I can't do this, but we, we made it happen. And, uh, the day that I landed this, I can only describe, you know, you go somewhere, you don't really know how you're going to feel. You're not really sure what to expect. There's all of this stuff going through your mind, but I, I landed in Tel Aviv and, uh, I don't know if I thought I would be nervous or if I thought I would feel out of place or but but from the moment we got to the to the airport I felt just really at home. 
Mm. I had this real sense of, of peace uh, about being there. And uh, it, I came to identify that feeling as, as a feeling of being at home. And honestly, guys, when I go back to Israel now, uh, you know, we get excited because we feel like we're headed home. Wow. And it's, cool. it's, it's an amazing uh, thing. Now, not everybody has that experience. I don't want to sort of set everybody up for, you know, this, yeah. this grandiose uh, idea. But I'll tell you something. Everybody has some experience when they're in the land of Israel of connecting to faith, of connecting to the scriptures in a way that they've never connected before, and of, of never reading the Bible the same. And uh, that was 06. I was still pastoring. In 08, I went again with another group of people, and uh, we were at the prayer tower one evening with Wayne and Ann Hillsden, and, and I was, you know, they had just opened it, actually. I was taking photos out the windows, and some of our group were doing something a little more spiritual. They were over by Ann, and they were doing, you know, worship songs. And, and while I'm, you know, doing my photography thing and not really paying attention to anything else that's going on. The Holy Spirit just just overwhelmed me in that room. I became so emotional. I began to I began to weep uncontrollably and I didn't I didn't know at the moment what was going on. And it took me a little while to sort of decipher this. I, I remember I finally sort of sidled over to the group that were by Anne worshiping because I thought then they would just think I was getting blessed and they wouldn't you know, yeah. <laughs> think I was having a total mental breakdown. But um, I went back to the hotel that night. Sharon hadn't come with me. And I said to her, she said, how'd it go? And I said, oh, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, something happened tonight. And uh, I think it has something to do with us and ministry in Israel. Mm. And, you know, we, we talked about it that night and we made up our minds, you know, we're not going to pursue this. Yeah. This isn't something that we're going to, you know, run after. But but God just sort of settled this in our spirit yeah. that someday, and, you know, we thought yeah. we'll go back when we retire and volunteer. Yeah. or you Something know. you keep in your heart. Exactly. Yeah. Something and, to look forward to. And uh, it was eight years later that uh, I got this call from Joe Amaral, and he wanted to talk to us about coming and, and leading this ministry for Century Foundations. And that's kind of how we got there. And so my heart and passion, I had known a bit about First Century Foundations. Joe had actually come and spoken at our church a couple times doing uh, Story in the Stars, and he did uh, some Hebraic roots teaching. But I didn't know about this whole other element of, of mission work in the land of Israel and about uh, you know, raising support and funds to help and bless ministries in Israel. Well, the minute, the minute I saw all of that on their site, I knew uh, I could do this. Because that's my heart. That's my passion is to see the gospel um, go go forward in Israel and to see Jewish people come to know Yeshua. So that's how we got here. That's who we are. Sharon has become a, a great partner in ministry. She now works full time with us and uh, looks after. She'll be the one that if you call and make a donation and uh, please call and make a donation. But if you call and make a donation, she'll be the one that talks to you and walks you all through it. And and we just uh, we just love visiting the ministries in Israel meeting with the leaders, encouraging them, praying with them. We just got back actually two weeks ago, and it's an amazing time being able yeah. to be involved in the, this part yeah. of God's work in, uh, in the world. Yeah, so you see, you see most of all with, with your ministries that you, you are on television and you do have people who regularly watch the program, but many people don't realize that there are up to 70 ministries uh, in Israel and in the nation that you support. Yes, and so that's kind of the great, the great idea of, of First Century Foundations is that it's not just some, some TV ministry that is that is supporting that aspect, but 
there are 70 other ministries that you partner with and, and help support. Absolutely. And I, I want to, you know, let people know, you know, we do have a TV ministry. A TV ministry that we have here in North America is a tool. It's a tool to first educate people yeah. about the importance of blessing Israel and making this connection as believers in Jesus, the Jewish Messiah. It's also a tool to, you know, raise awareness and to garner support. But, um, People need to know, you know, they need to know that that 90%, even up to 95% of the new partners who come to First Century Foundations and begin to support financially to help equip and support ministries in Israel, 90, 90 to 95% of them come through our television presence. So that's what it's about. It's about... Yeah new eyes on the ministry, and really getting people's hearts connected to what God wants to do in the land of Israel. And I want to let people know, too, uh, this is not just some fly-by-night TV ministry. Um, you know, you guys are like professional. Yes, we, we try to be as professional as possible, but I also want people to know that we're under an umbrella, we're under a covering. Uh, I'm credentialed with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. I'm an ordained minister. I'm also a, uh, an associate global worker with Mission Global in the PAOC. And so we, um, we, we don't sort of do this out on our own, uh, kind of all willy-nilly. And I think it's important for people to know that too. Yeah, you have a board of governors and, and people who yeah. help steer the, steer the ministry, which is always good and always gives confidence to me whenever I'm giving to, to anything. I know, that, I know that there's responsible eyes and hands that are, that are continually operating. Absolutely. Sort of thing. So, and our mutual friend, uh, Luch Lombardi, is uh, our board president. So, um, nice. Yeah, he does a great job. For Shout us. out to Luch. Yeah, we Shout appreciate outs. him. So, Luch, we've had we've had Luch helping with leadership and, and that within the church here. So he he's known by a number of people here in the church and that. And so, if you ever have a chance to hear Luch as he speaks or teaches or coaches or does the thousand things that he does well. Then uh, you don't want to miss that. He's even written like a number of books. And oh, this guy's incredibly brilliant. 100%. What a what a so, mind! Uh, I would say he's incredibly brilliant in front of him, but that would just go to his head. So I'll say not <laughs> so anything we'll just more say than for like many many people to hear and yes. make his head even bigger. Then. Exactly. exactly. And one thing one thing as as uh, we were going through the presentation yesterday, and and a number of people weren't able to see go because we had a like a tornado threat like half an hour before yeah, our meeting. Nuts. So, uh, but one of the things that I found a couple things that had resonated with me was uh, was first of all the fact that when when the ministry had started, there were so many people who were who were involved in, and who are being reached. But in the forty years, it has expanded uh, exponentially, right? So uh, maybe you could just kind of kind of talk about the advancement of the gospel because of the ministry. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's first of all, you know, we First Century Foundations won't take credit for all of it. There, no. there are there's an army of of believers in the land of Israel who are shining the light of the gospel wherever they are and doing the work of the kingdom. Um, we are there to be alongside them and help them and equip them. But when Clyde first started going in the mid '80s, uh, there was a very small uh, number of believers in the entire country. They say maybe 500 to a thousand. That were that were there at that time. Since that time, there are now um, more than twenty thousand. Twenty thousand is the number we shared on the video last night. Uh, I believe that that number is closer to to thirty thousand people at this point, including uh, Arab Christians and and secret believers in Yeshua. There are many Jewish people who believe secretly 
because the ones who believe openly, especially if they come out of an Orthodox tradition, receive all kinds of pressure from the uh, from the ultra right Orthodox. And so, um, God is doing something in Israel. I think that's the that's the short version of what we want to share is that yeah. is that God is is reaching people people are coming to know Yeshua as their Messiah the the veil is beginning to be lifted and this is this is prophetic this is something that that you know we believe has been God's heart from the very beginning uh, you know he Paul tells us to preach the gospel to the Jew first uh, yeah. and then to the Gentile and so so this is something that's on God's heart and something that Paul also said would would happen in the last days that there would be this incredible turning of Jewish people to Yeshua as their Messiah now, that's what we believe no so I'm just gonna I'm just thinking about this because we all know but I think maybe some of our listeners might not so if you're like a brand new Christian you might read the New Testament and you might like, you might already think that, well, these were God's chosen people. How come they need Jesus, right? Like we didn't really cover the the, the differences or the, like the theological sort of like differences between the two. Because if you read the Old Testament and you read the New Testament and you're still a new Christian, you might not understand the nuances of that. Because clearly there is some of that. So can we maybe just like can maybe explain that a little bit of like why? Because you would think Israel is God's chosen people. It's where Christians should be but it's not. So why is that? Yeah. Great question, Logan. How much time do we have? We got time. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to sort of give an overview, but but listen, read the Bible. When you read the Bible, and this is this is something I missed as a pastor for 20 years. I didn't yeah. miss it. I just chose to ignore it. You know, yeah. we read we read the Old Testament and Israel is mentioned over and over and over again. 1500 times or so I think just in the Old Testament and my numbers could be wrong I'm I'm doing, going from memory which isn't always good at uh, at my age but but listen uh Israel if you read the Bible you can't you cannot read almost anything without hearing about Israel um, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is mentioned mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of times, both in the Old and the New Testament. So there's all of these references. And of course, God makes specific promises to Abraham in the beginning. He covenants with him. He says that his, uh, you know, his, his um, ancestors or you know, his offspring will be uh, like the sands on the seashore and that anyone who blesses them will be blessed and anyone who curses them will be cursed. cursed yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody listening out there, you believe in the promises of God, right? If we, if we believe in God's promises, and, and we do, we want to, we, we, we need to, if we believe in those promises, then he didn't just make promises to us, he made promises to Israel. And Israel, of course, becomes this nation, the, the Jewish people, and this people are still around today. They have, they ha- have endured and you know God has still got a plan for the Jewish people. So I, I remind people that we believe in the Bible as the inspired Word of God, Old and New Testament. But then I take them to the New Testament because so many people have this argument that well, that's Old Covenant. You know, we don't have to. Yeah, yes. exactly. We don't have to listen to that. We don't have to believe that. Well, we're quite happy to believe what the Old Testament says prophetically about Jesus. For example, we're quite happy to make all those connections, and yet. Sometimes we don't want to make the connections that, that God speaks about with Israel. And, um, and I'll just, a couple quick examples. You yeah. know, Ezekiel and the Valley of Dry Bones talks about, what does it talk about? Most, most of the time we hear it talked about, is we t- oh, that's revival. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's not, actually. That, that's God prophetically speaking about a day when this 
decimated nation who have been scattered to the four corners of the earth will suddenly begin to get sinew and, and skin huh. back on the army. This, this army of dry bones, go and read it. It says yeah. specifically it's about Israel. That's what it says. Now, can we make a, can we make a, um, you know, a connection to yeah. that? Can we sort of uh, you know, contextualize that for ourselves as the church? Absolutely. Yeah. I, we can do that, but not at the expense of what God says to the Jewish people. Here's another example, Jeremiah 29 uh, and verse 11. We love oh, this yeah. verse, right? Yes. What is it? I hate this verse, actually. But <laughs> What does it say? It says, I know the plans, plans I, have I have for, for you. you. You know, plans to... to Prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give yes. you hope in a future. After he after he told him, got bad news for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about yeah. that. Uh, well, okay. So this is my point. God is speaking there to the Jewish, Jewish people. people. You know, he's he's telling them they're going to go into exile. They're going to be uh, you know gone for seventy years, and and he instructs them while you're there in Babylon. Uh, you know, have families, uh, you know, plant gardens, build houses, do what you got to do Make because, you because you're going to be there for a while. And but but don't fret. You know, I've got plans. I'm going to bring you back. There, there's this amazing uh, storyline that we totally miss because we just want to hold on to that promise yeah. for ourselves. Now, again, not wrong to believe that God has plans for us and that he wants to prosper us and give us hope in a future. But let's remember, this was a promise to the nation of Israel. This, yeah. this is all I try and remind people of. So when I come to the New Testament, um, there, there are three chapters in Romans, chapters 9, 10, and 11, where Paul just, just hammers on this topic. And he says, listen, I am, I am so sad. I'm in anguish because... My people, the Jewish people, the, the nation of Israel have rejected the message of the Messiah. And we need to, you know, we need to rally around them. We need to pray for them. We need to believe that God's going to bring them back. And there's just so much in these three chapters. As a matter of fact, in Romans 10, the, the text where we get all of our information to help new believers, yeah. right? How, how, do we, how, do you become, how do you become a believer in, in yes. Jesus? It's all in Romans 10. The word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and your mouth that you confess and are saved. If you're a new believer, you've probably heard these verses. Yep. And so this is where Paul is talking about uh, Israel and about the Jewish people. And he's saying to them, listen, you need to stop relying on, on the law and righteousness, and you need to put your faith in, in Jesus, in Yeshua. And he's trying to get this message across to his people. And then he comes to chapter 11, and he talks about this whole idea of being grafted in. Yeah. And you know what? I think sometimes we read this and we think, oh, great. So, so the Jews get grafted into uh, to the church. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Yeah. No, it's not, it's not amazing. That's not what it talks about. It says that we, the Gentile believers, we get in because the Jews rejected Jesus, and we are the ones that get grafted in. Their branches get broken off. They were already part of the root. Yeah. And then Paul says, hey, if, if we can be grafted in from outside to the root, don't think that those broken off branches can't also be reattached, can't also be yeah. uh, reattached to the root and grafted back in. And he talks about the fact that all Israel will be saved. Um, I got, I'm sort of preaching now, but it's... it's no, it's, uh, a, it's important because I think a lot of people don't understand that. I, I think a lot of believers, and I myself, even like in Bible college and stuff, just kind of thought like, well, they're, they've been believers the whole time, so... 
it, their place in heaven is there already. Right. 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 But right. then it's like you learn about like, well, no, they actually completely turned away and like rejected that. And so it's like they they lost their spot in the boat. Right. Like, and so it's like now they ha- now it's our job to show them like, hey, nope, your spot in the boat's still here. Come over here. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just don't recognize that because I know I didn't. And so I think it's just really important to like, because I think a lot of people hear the Holy Land and they hear Israel and it's like, well, why are we sending missionaries there? It's oh. like they're already Christians. Right. People have this idea that just because they're God's chosen people that they're already Christians. And they it's do. like, well, and it's like, well, no, that's not the case. And that's kind of what. Um, that's why I asked that question because I think it's really important to lay out the importance of that. Well, Logan, you're you're absolutely right. And I took a, a friend of mine, actually a you know professional businessman. He's been a believer for a long time, and and we were in Israel, and uh, and he said to me one day, he said because I was talking on the bus about our ministry and about reaching reaching Jewish people for for Yeshua and and sharing the gospel with them, and he took me aside afterwards, and he's like, Jeff, he said like. He said, we're in the Holy Land. Doesn't everybody here believe in Jesus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I was so stunned that this, this intelligent and educated man uh, would think that way. And I said, you know what? No. Like, like they are, I said, they're not even good Jews, most of them. Like, mm-hmm. like uh, you know, Judaism in, in Israel would be sort of the official religion. But, uh, but Israel is made up of, of hundreds of thousands of secular Jews, of yeah. atheists and agnostics, those who are, you know, Jewish. Uh, they, they might do Passover with their family once a year, but they're like, they're like Christmas and Easter Christians, yeah, only, exactly. only in, in Judaism, you know. So, so it's, a, it's a, real, uh, a real issue. And, and Paul... I want to get back to this for just one second, yeah, if I can, because in Romans 11, Paul says a couple of things that I think are important for people to catch. One, he says, he says, you know, remember, you as Gentiles get in because the Jews reject Jesus. That's how, that's how you got in the door, okay? Yeah. And he says, he says, if their transgression, if the, if the Jews' rejection of Jesus means riches for the world and their loss means riches for the Gentiles... How much greater riches will their fullness bring? And so Paul sets up this idea. He's like, he's like, okay, you got in, you got blessed because the Jews rejected Jesus. Now think about, think about the, the kind of blessing that will happen when the Jews turn to Jesus, when they do accept Yeshua. Yeah. This is going to be like earth shattering. And then he goes on and he says, um, for if their rejection, verse 15 is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Yeah. So, you know, we talk about revival an awful lot. And uh, uh, one of my pet peeves is that revival has become this idea that if we get into a room with a bunch of other Christians and we worship and the worship is tight and, yeah. uh, you know, we do the bridge just right and we sing it an, the exact number yeah. of times that God will come in his presence and he'll bless us and, and we'll call that revival. Now, I call that amazing. I love those experiences. Yeah. But I'm afraid to tell you, uh, sorry to tell you, that that's not actually revival. Yeah. Revival is life from the dead, something being revived. Yes. Uh, you know, we talked about the, the bones in, in Ezekiel. Yep. It's, a, it's a good illustration of what this is all about. Yes. And what Paul says is that when the Jewish people begin to see, begin to understand, begin to turn their hearts toward Yeshua, yeah. this is going to release something in the world like we have never seen before. This is revival on a level that 
I believe that that we've never experienced life from the dead. Zechariah says, you know, the word of the Lord will go forth, forth. from Zion. Zion. Yeah. And um, I, I'm excited about a yeah. day when this is going to start to happen. Now, now, for those of you who are just really new in the faith, you know, the we of course know the Jewish people, and you can't, sometimes you hear the word Gentile. That basically is us, people who are non-Jewish people, yeah. type of thing. And so, mm-hmm. so that should encourage you as you if you as we kind of unpeel this. The, the one passage I often think about is is of course the one passage in Genesis chapter twelve where God is making covenant with Abraham, and He says, oh, yes. "Through you, all nations will be blessed." That is the process, and that is the pathway in which God begins to bless people. Yeah. Amen. And that's something that that we can't take lightly as people who are are considering all of these things and considering all of Scripture. So yeah. see, and I think of Matthew twenty-eight. I think of a great commission. It doesn't say except the Jewish people. It says you go to every area, every nation to share the word of God. And it's like I just think people just there's this this shroud around like Israel, the kind of thing. It's like Ah, uh, they're they're good already. It's like, well, no, they're not. It's like our call is for everyone, and so I just really wanted to lay that out because it's a good reminder for myself too. Well, Logan, I, I appreciate you saying that because you know we talked about these numbers earlier. Um, even if there's thirty thousand believers in the land of Israel, uh, this is a place where the population is north of nine million. So. We're talking about 0.2% or so of the population who actually believe in Jesus. So this is a, a people group that needs to be reached. Yep. Not only that, but there are there are about 6 million other Jews in other parts of the world, yeah. uh, in the U.S. and Canada has a large Jewish population, other parts of Europe, who also need to know Yeshua. And, you know, great, gratefully, many, many have come to that conclusion. The only thing that's a little bit uh, disappointing is that often we, we make them sort of become who we are. We, we make them become Christians when really accepting Yeshua as their Messiah makes them the best Jews that they could ever possibly be. Right. You know, I, I this this is a, two, a double-edged sword, but you know, lots of, lots of times we have very enthusiastic Gentile believers who uh, they get so um, <laughs> I want to be careful, so fixated on this stuff that they almost want to become Jewish. You know, they stop celebrating Christmas and they don't want to oh, be yeah. they don't want to be yeah. part of their church because they don't celebrate the feasts and they listen, Gentiles are not called to be Jews and Jews don't have to convert and become Christians. Jews actually if they accept Yeshua as their Messiah, they become the absolute best Jews that they can be. And many of our Messianic friends in Israel, this is how they operate. They continue to celebrate the Jewish feast. They can, but they see all now uh, all the incredible meaning yeah. and how that Jesus has fulfilled these feasts and how they can now be the best Jewish people that they can possibly be and uh, and share it with others. You talked about the Great Commission, and um, you know I always thought this was interesting. We have made the Great Commission about, you know, first I'll go to my community, my neighborhood, I'll go to, uh, you know, my city, then I'll go to my province and my country and the world kind of thing, you know, to, uh, I think it's Jerusalem, Judea, Judea. and the uttermost parts of the earth. Yeah. But the actual words say Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You know, Jesus Jesus was Mm. saying to the disciples this is this is the order in which I want you to to uh, disseminate the gospel, huh. my truth. 
I want you yeah. to start here. I want you to, and, and again, we can contextualize this, but yeah. let's not forget that Jesus commanded them to reach Jerusalem and to reach Judea and, and that nation of Israel and, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. So it's, it's gone, but we need to bring it back full circle and focus on those in the land of Israel who need to be reached with this gospel message. Nice. That was amazing. I like, I just never, I've always just contextualized it. I've always been like, well, yeah, of course he's going to say Jerusalem and Judea. That's where he is. But it's like, no, I think there's actually some real solid like foundations there of like, no, you should start here. Cause I mean, like, I think that was always God's plan. It was always God's plan to build up Israel to then go out and to like, to spread the word. And we see that in the old Testament and yeah, they failed and kind of went into exile and through all that kind of stuff. But it's like that was always the plan. We see that verse says, if I live in Brandon, Brandon is my Jerusalem, right? And yeah. then Manitoba is my Judea. Canada is my Samaria. And the outermost part of the earth is, is that. Right. And as a church, we operate that. We want to reach people in Brandon. We want to. But there is, you know, I, I don't believe that's necessarily wrong. No, no it's not. It talks, but as as you're you're opening this up to us, that it really, really talks about the fact that it is the importance of reaching the Jewish community is is what Jesus is talking about in Acts chapter Acts chapter one eight eight nine ten around yeah. there anyways yeah yeah so um, we have a number of people who are listening we have a, a wide demographic of people who are listening there are there are those people who who are certainly in knowledge of of you know why it's important to support Jewish ministry and why it's important to love the Jewish people. Um, but there are probably people who are just on the, the crust of, of asking Jesus into their heart, and there are those people who are just new. So with those people in mind, what would, what would you say in terms of as they are just new in the faith and you have a, a chance to implant something and impress something upon them in terms of why it's important to, to support and love and, and pray for Jewish people, how would, you, how would you address them? What would you say to them right now? Well, listen, if you're a new believer or if you're somebody who's just thinking about believing, you know, thinking about saying yes to Jesus, um, you, you first, you know, you need to understand that the most important thing that you do is, is get to the place where you can, you can make that yes, where you can commit your life to him. Here's why. God loved us so much that he began to build a forever family. He did it he started back in Genesis. He, he uh, you know, had a few attempts with Noah, and then there was the Tower of Babel, and then Abraham. Now we get to Abraham, and God says, okay, I'm making a commitment here now. Abraham, you're the guy. Your offspring are going to be the ones who help me to bring this message to the world. And, and so, you know, this might be a lot for you if you're new to faith, but, but God gave the Israelites, you know, all of these experiences, and, you know, you talked about how much they messed up. Listen, the Israelites are the perfect example of us. They're the perfect example of our, our failures, our shortcomings, our attempts to be righteous on our, in our own strength, our attempts to, to somehow get to God, uh, you know, our own ways. This is, Israel is the illustration of that, up and down and up and down. And, you know, there's all of these, these stories in the Old Testament where God is, is bringing to the world uh, a message that will be permanent, he starts with animal sacrifice in the Old Testament, 
but it all looks ahead to a day when Jesus will come and be the perfect sacrifice, the, the Passover lamb. Again, this comes out of Jewish thought and tradition. So if you're, if you're new to faith um, and you get to the point where, you know, Jesus died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven of my sins and have eternal life, here's, here's where that thought comes from. God intended all along through the sacrifice of animals, through shed blood sprinkled on the altar, mm-hmm. that, that there would be this temporary covering for sin, but only until he was able to send the one that he promised way back in the Garden of Eden, the one who will come and bruise the serpent's head. So Jesus comes, and he comes, oddly enough, as a Jew. He's born to a Jewish young girl who has never slept with a man. He has a stepfather, Joseph, who who has some struggle with this whole story at the beginning, but an angel comes and speaks to both of them. And and so God has this plan, and he brings uh, this plan about through Jesus, uh, a young Jewish boy whose cousin is John, the son of a priest out of the priestly line, okay? So there's there's all of this, this connection to Judaism in Jesus' early days. How do you think Jesus grew up? Jesus didn't grow up as a Christian. You know, we, we play with this a little bit on our television show, one of the episodes, you know, where did Jesus go to church? Well, Truth, the truth is, he didn't. Yeah. Jesus attended synagogue. He was a good Jewish boy. He learned the Torah. He learned uh, the Old Testament scriptures. He understood Judaism as well as any Jewish person alive. But he came with a, a new message, a, a message of fresh hope that no longer would we need to sacrifice lambs in the temple every single day. Now, Jesus would be our supreme sacrifice. So, if this is new to you, what I want you to know is that, that the most important thing is you, you make that step. You accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, and you say yes to him so that you can have your sins forgiven. Here's the great part about what Jesus did. In the Old Testament, you sacrifice an animal, you sprinkle the blood for the sins of, you know, the priest would do it for the sins of the people and then for himself and his family, but it was temporary, only lasted a year. And, you know, it was looking ahead to a day when something more permanent would come. Jesus does it, and he says, this is it. I'm, I'm the once and for all sacrifice. Read the book of Hebrews, and it'll talk a lot about, about those things. And so he does it, and he doesn't just die, but he rises again according to the Scripture. Yeah. The, the, pro- the pro- prophecies say that, you know, Jesus will come. He'll, be, he'll suffer. He'll be, he'll be killed. His blood will be shed. But he, he will live again and sit at God's right hand. And that's where we believe Jesus is today. And if you're, if you're sort of struggling with this, this decision about faith, look, Romans 10, written to, uh, to and about the Jewish people who have not yet accepted Yeshua as their Messiah, Romans 10 lays it out really clear that um, in verse, let's see, it's 10 or so, I think. I'm looking at my Bible here. 8 through 10-ish that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, just say, he is Lord, I believe this, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it's with your heart you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Mm -hmm. So when you express faith in Jesus, whether you've done it already and it's still all new to you, or you're thinking about doing it, just know that this is the Jewish Messiah who God always intended to send. He chose to do it through the Jewish people 
because he said in the beginning, you're my, you're my chosen people. Why did he say they were chosen? Because God wanted to express his love, and he wanted an illustration for all of us who would come after, yeah. that he loved us and that we needed to have, have faith in the one true God. And so uh, that's what I would say to somebody. Uh, knowing the history, knowing where all of this tradition comes from, helps us to move forward yeah. and to to understand what Jesus is all about. So I'm hoping that uh, that this is maybe um, wetting the appetite of people who are listening. And maybe as we are in this conversation, you might be having a whole lot of questions. And so I know for us, uh, we try and answer things the best way we can. We have a, a website that we have that you can write to and and we will be able to answer the best we can, and that is... Yeah, you can email forgiven at bethelbrandon.ca or you can find us on any social media and leave um, a comment, question, whatever. You can go to bethelbrandon.ca and you can send in like a connect card or whatever. We have many, many ways for you to contact with us. So if you're a new Christian or you just have tons of questions about life, faith, whatever, please get in contact with us. I will make sure to put uh, First Century Foundation's website and everything in our description so that if you have questions about their ministry and the amazing work that they're doing, you can head over there and do that as well. And I'll make sure I link your podcast because um, you guys do good work uh, in that area. Yeah. So and if, we're, and if someone is here and they're wanting to know, uh, you know, maybe a level two, you know, maybe there's some things that are a little bit deeper that we can't answer. They can come to you. Is that right? There's a way that they can contact and communicate yes, with you? absolutely. They can connect with us. First, I would say they can go to our either our podcast uh, archives or to our YouTube channel, yeah. and they can find all kinds of information on there. We've covered many of these topics, had conversations with uh, theologians and experts, and and uh, it's there's lots of information on there. But we're also happy to respond to anyone. And and listen, when I when I talked about faith in in Jesus, if you're if you're considering that, if you're still thinking about that, you haven't sort of gone over the the brink yet. Uh, get a hold of Bethel here in Brandon. Get a hold of Logan or, or Pastor Mike, and and uh, they will help you because uh, this is one of the most important decisions you'll make in your entire life. And you know, I think that that what I do uh, in support of the nation of Israel, I think it's super important. Um, but the reason I think it's super important is because people need to know Jesus. They need to know Yeshua. Yeah. And so uh, people in Israel need to know him. People here in Brandon need to know him and wherever you're listening from. So uh, that's really important, and we'd love for you to connect with us. Just uh, info at firstcenturyfoundations.com is an address that you can use, an email address. But go to our website, also uh, firstcenturyfoundations.com. There's lots of information on there. Yeah. And uh, you can get in touch with us. Yeah, we only have... We only have like an hour to, to talk about this subject, and it's a subject that requires more than an hour oh, it, to talk about. We just scratched the surface. And I'm hoping that, that this will have started people on a bit of a journey uh, to a little bit deeper walk with Jesus and a deeper understanding of God uh, through the Jewish people. So I, I didn't know. We want to we wanna, always want to have a time where we want to say, is there anything that we forgot? Is there, is there an area, is there a passion, is there something that that you thought, well, if there's one more thing I want to add, this is it. Well, we've talked about uh, a lot of things. Uh, I yeah. think we've, we've uh, sort of done a great overview. Uh, but, but listen, um, I, I've said it already, but this, this, this is our heart. Our heart is that people would um, you know, continue to grow in their faith in Jesus, uh, but make sure that we understand 
all of the of the background and and there's a lot there's a lot to know but the thing that uh, that's most important to me i think is that we we know where our faith comes from what it's based on and that we continue forward in faith yeah. not at the expense of all of what's gone before us um this is this is i guess the thing that i try and teach people as we go around the country is that um as believers in Jesus, we need to be very careful. There's a, there's a theology out there yeah. called replacement theology <clears throat> that believes these are you know sincere theologians who've decided this was a good idea that you know when Jesus came that somehow the Gentile Church replaces Israel yeah. in God's plans. That now going forward, everything is about the Church and nothing is about Israel. Well, I don't think anything could be further from the truth, yeah. and I think that it's it's a dangerous deception, and it's the one thing I want to sort of call out before we're finished here, is that if someone talks to you with language like that, you need to know that uh, it's just not true. God says too many things to Israel in the Old Testament that are confirmed in the New Testament by people like Jesus and yeah. by people like Paul that, that we cannot ignore his promises to the nation of Israel. They will be pivotal in the last days. There's some real keys yeah. that will that will happen that are going to bring about the return of Jesus. And Jesus is coming back there. He's coming back on the Mount of Olives. And listen, why would God uh, call you know what he's doing in in his future kingdom? Why would he call it the New Jerusalem if it had nothing to do with Israel? I, yeah. I do not understand why. <laughs> I like when I studied replacement theology in Bible college, we we didn't talk about it a ton, but I was like sitting there and I was like, how, like I was like thinking like, how do people actually like think about this? I was like, how do they not read Genesis and understand that this is a promise made to them and that the whole rest of the book is the fulfillment of this promise, but somehow they're gonna say, nah, we're just we're here to take over. I just never understood it. And like. Have you ever seen the picture of like the Bible and how it shows every connection and like uh, like prophecy in the Old Testament? And it's got all the arcs and stuff. I like look at that all the time. It's a constant reminder of like how amazingly complex like the Bible and all the stories are that are connected. Can we post that when we when we do the podcast? Like I know you're gonna. Uh, I can. Uh, yes, I'll work on that. Um, but. And so I just, I, it's a great reminder of how, um, like we talked about earlier like with Abraham and everything, like that's God's promise. And the whole rest of the Bible is the fulfillment of that promise to us. And like, it's actually Israelites and us really. And so it's like, um, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't seen, if you haven't seen that image, it really, really is impressive, isn't it? Yes. Oh, it's yeah. powerful. Yes. And listen. We, uh, unfortunately, in the church, and I'm talking about sort of the, the big C church yeah, now. Capital C church. We, we, um, we operate in a bit of a vacuum. Everything is about us. Yeah. Everything is about what, you know, what's sort of on our plate, what's right in front of us, the things that we have to do. And, and I want to say, you know, here's the little caveat. I, I was a pastor for 30 plus years. I did this. I, and I know we get so laser focused on reaching our community and on, on the, the mission work that we're doing in various parts of the world. And we get so focused on, on discipleship and all very important things that we don't, we get to the texts about Israel and God's promises to Israel, and we don't have the headspace to think about it, and yeah. we don't want to take the time to try and explain it because it, 
and this is sad, because we think it doesn't have anything to do with us. Yeah. That. And um, it's just a little reminder, you know. Everything that we're involved in as a church is is primo important, but understanding the underpinnings of it all and knowing that God still has a plan in the future for the Jewish people, I think is is critical for us to catch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We are so glad that you were able, uh, as you were traveling across Canada, and we knew that you're stopping at our church. One of the things we said is we got to have him on for a podcast and. And so we appreciate you being on, and uh, and we want to actually pray a blessing upon you and your ministry. And that as you continue to travel across Canada, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jeff and his wife Sharon are traveling across Canada, and they're having prayer meetings, and they're going from church to church to 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 pray over the issue of anti-Semitism, which is at its highest level since since the Holocaust. Yep. And mm-hmm. and so what he's doing is extremely important, and. And so as uh, we were happy to be able to partner with that, uh, we just we just wanted to say thank you. We appreciate your ministry and uh, wanted to honor you today. And I just wanted to add, whoever is doing your guys' social media, your website, all that kind of stuff, as a person who manages that for us, I admire that. They do a really good job. So for those like people that are younger that like Instagram and all that stuff, make sure you go and follow them because their stuff is really well done. So just got to give that plug in there. Tell your staff, whoever's in charge of that, whatever agency you market it out to, I don't know. They're doing a really good job because, like, you guys are, yeah, that's just, sorry. I need, no, I just needed to gas them up a little bit, brag about their Oh, well, thank you. And I'll, I'll certainly let them know. And, uh, you know, we sort of, we sort of do two things. They, they manage it. We, we have a client or a, sort of a customer who manages it. And then, um, um, I guess we're the customer. And then we also post, you know, so as we're traveling across the country, we were putting up our, you know, yep. our dumb little pictures and, and no, those uh, are the best ones, you know, mm-hmm. it's, but it's, it's what's happening. And, uh, and listen, this solidarity pledge that we've been talking about, one of the things that we've had a struggle with is actually getting people to go and sign the pledge. Uh, so even after, you know, last night with 20 some people here, um, that came in spite of the tornado, kudos to all of them. You know, not very many went online to, to sign the pledge, and some of that has to do with computer literacy and those kind of things. But but if you can, go to firstcenturyfoundations.com slash IPW Canada and sign the solidarity pledge so that we can add your name to the list of people who are saying no to anti-Semitism and taking a stand as believers in Yeshua that we are for the Jewish people and against this hatred. And we want to be able to present these names um, to to government and anybody else who will listen and let the Jewish community know that there are believers in Canada who are on their side. And I think it's important. So Absolutely. thanks for giving us this opportunity. It's been great to be with you guys. Let's pray for you. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have today to, to have Jeff on the podcast and to have him just uh, pour out his heart and his love for the Jewish people and for the ministry of First Century Foundations. And, and as a church, God, we... We want to pray over them and support them. And and we pray, God, that you will give them journeys mercies as they travel from church to church across the country. I pray that you give them success and that you'll give them good health. But bless the whole ministry and all the ministries that they support. And we pray, Father, that you will keep them in good health and in good spirits as, uh, as they continue to travel and continue to do your work. May the blessing of God richly be upon their lives and their ministries, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. God bless.